0: Hello and welcome to episode number 217 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is Mina V. Esguerra. She is a romance writer in the Philippines, and we are going to talk about her writing career, how self-publishing has changed that career immeasurably, and her experience writing characters who endure sexual shaming before they reach their happily ever after. We also talk about a reading series that she hosts and this is so cool. They have a reading series called Romance Class where scenes from romance novels written by local authors are performed by actors. This sounds so cool, I will have links to videos. It's really, really neat. And of course, I will find out what she is reading and loving. There are going to be a ton of links From this particular episode. So if you're looking for some of the information that we're talking about, the books or the videos, you can find them at smartbitches, trashybooks.comslash podcast. The podcast transcript for this episode is sponsored by Kensington, who is sponsoring all of the podcast transcripts this month. Thank you, Kensington. They are the publishers of When a Marquess Chooses a Bride by Ella Quinn, part of the new Zebra Shout imprint featuring rising stars of romance at an affordable price of $4.99. This large Regency family saga is infused with humor, lively characters, surprising adventures, and Ella Quinn's signature fast-paced plotting. Spicy, witty, and brimming with interesting history, When a Marquess Chooses a Bride reintroduces readers to the Worthingtons, a family who has seen their share of scandal and excitement, but nothing will prepare them for this. When a Marquess Chooses a Bride is perfect for fans of Julia Quinn, Tessa Dare, and Mary Jo Putney and is on sale wherever books are sold. Speaking of books, if you would like to check some out, especially the ones that are in the podcast, you can go to iTunes.com slash DBSA. There is a whole iBookstore page just for the podcast where you can find all the books we talked about, plus the episodes themselves, because iTunes does all the things. It's super cool. And speaking of super cool, while you're surfing the internet, because that's why we're here, unless you're like walking the dog or dying wool or... On the treadmill or on the elliptical if you're working out you can totally do this and you should completely keep going it's the beginning of the episode and you have totally got this workout plus you're gonna feel like so awesome when you're done like endorphins are the best reason to keep going you've totally got this anyway all tangents aside if you are curious about how you can support the show you can have a look at our patreon campaign at patreon.com smartpitches you can make a monthly pledge beginning with a dollar a month, and you'll be making an enormous difference to help me manage, produce, and otherwise create the show, and help me commission transcripts for upcoming episodes and episodes that are in the archives. One of the rewards for pledge levels is random but completely heartfelt and very silly compliments from yours truly, and I have some at the end of the episode, and they're super fun, so I hope you stay in tune in. And if you're looking to find out what this rad song is, our music is provided by Sassy Outwater and I'll have information at the end of the show as to who this is because I say that every week. I'm going to have to ask my husband if I say this in my sleep. Like if I start reciting or or practicing intro and outro while I'm sleeping, that that would be a weird kind of stress dream, right? I mean, it wouldn't be all the worst things. I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm screaming or talking to people who aren't there, but you know, maybe I talk about the podcast in my sleep. I'll have to find out. I am all about tangents today. Are you enjoying this? Probably not. Should we get on with the episode? Yes, we should, without any further delay. On with the podcast.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Mina i Guerra. I'm, I'm an author and a publisher and a reading advocate, and I'm a Filipino living in the Philippines.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you. Seriously, I have so many nosy questions. <laughs> yes, go ahead with your nosy questions. All the nosy questions. So how many books have you written so far? I've actually lost count. It oh, that's the best be... <laughs> answer. That's no better answer than that.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I tried counting because someone told me that I should have like a thing for the 25th, but it's probably... 24. And I've only lost count because I've done the thing where I've uh, I've serialized a book. And so I've released a book in three parts. So I used to count those as separate books, but now I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't. So there's that kind of confusion, but it's definitely over 20.
0: Okay, that's amazing. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: So have you always wanted to be a romance writer?
1: I've always wanted to be a writer. I didn't realize that I was going to be writing romance until i think just like five six seven years ago uh but it it was something that i knew i was gonna do but didn't think i would make a lot of money doing so i started studying more of corporate communication development communication and then ended up writing romance uh, as a hobby
0: you write mostly contemporary and young adult. Is that right? Yeah, very few young adult, though. Probably like just uh,
1: just five or six out of 20. Yeah. I was first published uh, by a Philippine publisher, a local Philippine publisher, in 2009. They were one of the few publishers here that were publishing lit written by Filipino authors. So I was fortunate to have my first book published by them, but they were only really publishing like four or five books a year. So it was difficult to imagine when my next book would be coming out if, if I gave it to them. And I did, though. I, I wrote my second book. It was probably finished um, in the same year, 2009. And then when I sent it over, they were like, OK, we'll look at it, but we're not sure when this will come out. And I understood that because they had several other authors and several other books. And I didn't think they would really like ramp up their publishing just because people were submitting. So someone told me about self-publishing. I think at the time before then, you could self-publish on Amazon uh, if you were in the U.S. or certain territories. And then in 2010, you could publish from anywhere. And I did that. So my second book, I put it on uh, on Kindle, <laughs> and then I couldn't stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, once you start, it's really, really hard when that market opens up to you. And in- Exactly. It must have seemed really amazing to have this incredible opportunity open up for you when your own market was so small and so slow moving.
1: Yes, exactly, and I actually sort of, it was slow in the beginning too, like when, when I, I, I the book I had written had Filipino characters was was set in the Philippines mostly, and it was written exactly for the market that my original publisher uh, had intended it to reach out to, and I was just trying the whole Amazon thing out, and it was slow. It was like ten copies <laughs> a, um, a month or less for like Ouch. the first eight months, yes, and then and then Christmas that year and January the uh, the following year came along, and then it really took off. And and then I realized that now I had a lot of people discovering this book and actually reviewing it, and I didn't have a second book on Amazon for them to buy now that they had read my work because I kind of had thought it was a failed experiment at the time. So yeah, that
0: that was a lesson learned. And when once you have one and then you have two having a backlist is an incredibly important part of self-publishing. Yes, yes. So
1: that was that was the thing I I kind of re- realized that I there was a momentum that I didn't exactly get to maximize and yeah, so now I keep writing even when even when a book starts out slow in terms of sales, I just have to let that go and keep writing because you never know when something's gonna gain momentum again.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially because I know readers who are Filipina here in the States are looking for Filipino authors. Yes, yes. (laughs) We kind of learned that along the way too. So I want to ask you about your books but because they were serialized I'm not sure exactly which one is your last most recent book that's available what's the last one that you published and forgive me for not being able to figure this out
1: okay the the most recent one I published is called Iris after the incident can you tell me about that book okay um okay this is a bit uh, I keep going I keep introducing this book as like a little darker than my other books because if you've if you've read most of my books especially the ones set in manila they they were kind of created for chiclet for a chiclet Mm -hmm. audience uh back then they're very pink they're very happy they're
0: uh you know what that's the best description of chiclet they're very pink pink and they're very happy (laughs) and you know what that's exactly right
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's it's it's just uh i think it's just an an attitude that the books have and, and you kind of you kind of feel it when you read it, but that those were that was the personality that people attached to my books, especially the ones that were set that are set here in the Philippines. And uh, I think, but uh, I kind of wanted to tell a different story, especially with this one. And so, Iris after the incident was my attempt to to tackle some. Uh, Difficult things about being Filipino and being a woman. And even if uh, the the way, for example, that we can't talk about sex, we can't in polite company. We because it's a
0: very, very Catholic observant culture, right? It is. At least I think we make the appearance
1: of being uh, ashamed of certain things mm-hmm. or being uh, like we, we just know that certain things we actually do shouldn't be talked about with certain people.
0: Culture is hard <laughs> to go up against.
1: Yes, exactly. and uh, and also that there's shame involved when, for example, this the the, the premise here is that uh, there's a, a the, the main character uh, takes video of herself doing something it gets leaked on the internet
0: oh god and
1: and she she's with someone she's with a guy she's with her boyfriend uh but but for some reason he gets to continue with his life and be fine and she is the one who's, who's completely shunned by her family and and she has to start over get new friends everything uh, and and uh, this all happens before like the before page one. So page one is like the beginning of her life and finding of this new life after the incident and, Hence the title. and trying to get it back. Yes. And trying to get it back. And that was difficult just because uh, people who know me know I'm very like uh, I, I am a happy person, positive mm-hmm. person, Uh in general so writing this was difficult but also I felt really important because when you when you actually go through uh something like this and it's 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 not fair it's not fair for for guys to experience it one way and for and for women to experience it a totally different way so this was just my way of addressing that and with romance also so
0: yeah yeah I love that one of the reviews says, I love the romance. It's so hot, which what, that's awesome. The only thing better than that is a review that says one star, this book had too much sex in it. Then you're exactly. guaranteed to sell like 6,000 copies. But then there's another exactly. reviewer who says, the best thing about the novel isn't the sex, although those scenes made me deliciously uncomfortable. <laughs> And I'm like, that's spe- that speaks yeah. volumes, deliciously uncomfortable. Like I totally understand what that person is saying and the way that it's written reveals so much, especially because when you're reading someone who is recapturing their own sexuality and their own pride in their sexuality after having been so hideously shamed, I think just about every female who is conscious and breathing has had that feeling of shame <laughs> put on them that they didn't want. Yeah, that must I I have love been that. Hard I, to read that. I read
1: I it was it was difficult. I I actually there were several books that helped me along. Uh I had this idea in my mind. I wanted it to be set here because of certain um just the way the culture and society would view something like that. I've read some books
0: uh
1: that were that were set in the US. That dealt with something similar, but uh, and then I actually talked to one of the authors who who wrote one of those books that I think kind of tackled similar things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I tried to to form it in a way that would make sense here. But even then, it's I, I mean even then when someone when a Filipino reads it, someone who's familiar with the culture, they still kind of step back and go, okay, this is a little different. This is not. And and that's all I need really it's it's that's all I need it's like uh because the book is still like almost unapologetically sexual mm-hmm. so she's not it did not work like this thing that you try to do to her to make her ashamed of herself uh she kind of just it it, it made her it it did not fundamentally yeah, yeah. It didn't take. Sorry guys. <laughs> it didn't take. Like she's she's going to eventually find her way back and and that's okay. So so just just that that basic like part of her personality. That was a little difficult to to write because I if if you try if you look up for example real life stories of so that happening here and that happens a lot. You never hear from them again actually. They, oh my gosh. Yeah, they they drop out of um if if it, if it's a celebrity they very few of them would ever bring this up again uh if they're still in the industry because they they were probably uh they stopped working after a while very few would have stayed in the industry if they were celebrities or yeah just stuff like that it's hard so i kind of had to create this thing uh using fiction.
0: Yeah. So sexual <laughs> shaming can really decimate someone's career. Yes. yes. Yikes. Because here, you know, we'll have shame and 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 sex tapes and those people it 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 doesn't seem to permanently make them disappear if anything they're more prominent. Exactly. Or again, it might be a cultural thing. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, we're in the States, we have this really weird relationship with sex where we're not supposed to talk about it, but everyone's having it. So everything is sold through sexual overt sexuality, (sighs) but we're not supposed to be having it or talking about it. um, And it's just very complicated and horrible. So the idea that you would have a, a sex scandal completely obliterate your career to the point where you have to sort of drop out of your career and drop out of public life is... That's terrifying.
1: Yes, it is. And I think in many cases, well, again, in writing this book, because I could, I I was using fiction, I I could design the character. I I also consulted with people, with lawyers, with therapists in writing this. So I kind of had to find a way for... For certain things to be talked about and for certain things to not matter at all, because right. I can imagine, I can imagine like someone saying, um, if she worked with kids, yes, this would matter. Right. If she, if she worked in in certain industries, yes, this would matter. So I kind of had to find
0: the right way,
1: the right way yeah. to show that certain things don't matter. It should not have affected your your life, and the only reason why it is is because certain people are are
0: and it's particularly galling to think that if she worked with kids this would with this would ruin her career because i I mean how do you think those kids got made like how do you think they appeared magic but but this is
1: yeah exactly and but this is this is something like uh just talking to people who who work in in either providing support Mm-hmm. For for people who have gone through this, or or at least would have you know been part of a legal team who would who would be dealing with something, yeah. They so they told me they told me certain things, and then I realized that okay, if I if I went this way, then it would go. It would have to like we'd have lawyers involved, and I didn't want to do that. Yeah, if of I course. Went, if I went this way, we'd have more therapists and involved, and I didn't want to do that. So I had to find. I had to find the right combination of factors mm-hmm. so that the story could be told, like in in a way that uh, that wouldn't be too sensational, uh, wouldn't be too specific to to a person. Like it it wouldn't seem like like the life like I was fictionalizing some other person's um, some other real person scandal. So yeah, <laughs> we had to do that. It was difficult. I mean, usually usually I I write. I write these romance books. Uh, the the most fun research I've done was um, hanging out with, like, for one book uh, I wrote about a rugby player. And I, I oh, watched. Oh, that's
0: terrible. You had to watch I know, rugby? I, know. I had to
1: watch them practice. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's terrible. Like, oh, man, it was like one day of watching these guys. <laughs> and, uh, so, usually, my life is like that so this for this new book it was a little different and of course once i was done with it i couldn't wait to go back to like the happy stuff of course <laughs> let's, let's go back to that
0: you yeah. know in in one thing that a lot of romance authors experience in the states and and pretty much everywhere i've spoken to them romance authors are often greeted with derision or a sense of you know you should be ashamed or embarrassed or people will ask the most offensive questions and and treat writing romance as if it's sort of a a deviant behavior or there's something very very wrong with this being your job do you encounter that as well in the philippines is there a stigma attached to being a writer or a romance writer i guess n- not in the sense that they mean it <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, okay i i think i I'm starting to recognize it when when I was reading like the experiences of other authors like like what you mentioned mm-hmm. because uh my family for example has always been happy for me so when I was first published that's a big deal they it is a
0: big deal it
1: is a big deal i mean uh they they kept talking b- before w- when I was first published I think there was a the impression that Filipinos didn't like reading or whatever they're wrong but uh, or that uh they didn't Filipinos didn 't value authors and books, but they do I mean that 's what I experienced when I was first published. People are genuinely happy for you mm-hmm. they They are impressed that <laughs> that they find out that you 've been published or that you've finished a book they they're happy for you they like that now. later, when I started being more participative in like discussions about romance or just the literary community in general, then I saw that okay. Uh you so see that that behavior I, show up. I start seeing yes. Uh I start seeing, for example, people who would come up to me and say, um, uh it's great you're an author, but you know, I would never read romance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> then, that sounds would, familiar. Thanks. <laughs> I don't uh, know.
1: I mean Good I'm for glad you. You're happy. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy for me, but you know, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and, and then <laughs> And then, uh, but it's a lot of things. It's not just the genre. I've actually, if if I, now that I've become more aware of that, there's an actual, uh, I don't know if it's stigma or or what, but I started noticing like all these little comments that probably like, it just comes out, but it probably means something. And now I'm trying to put it together. For example, um, uh, like they were surprised that I looked so young. <laughs> and, uh yeah okay? and I, I don't I don't even know what that means like what? Uh, that's yeah. a little odd exactly or or one time I showed up in this literary conference I was at a panel with some very esteemed authors and yes of course like I was the youngest person there I'm not exactly I'm in my 30s so I'm mm-hmm. not the youngest person like in the world but but uh but still like there is i guess for for respect in a certain field you have to be like i don't know uh it, it's probably and it's probably also because they they weren't even aware of me my first book was 2009 and uh in in i guess a more established literary tradition that's young I would be in a panel for example I would get those questions like uh, I've seen articles like this like the, the the annoying things people ask romance authors like yeah is this your story did is you this research how you're...
0: your sex scenes exactly personally? is this how you met
1: is this how you met your husband mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I've written twenty books, and they can't all be how I met my husband. Right? <laughs> and can't, can't we? Can't we have imagination? Can't no, we?
0: No, gosh, what are you kidding me? Can't have imagination, yeah, outrageousness,
1: stuff like that. And but and then I have all of the and then I get all of this. But uh, so I, I I like gradually starting to form like what. The impression of what people actually think of romance authors because there weren't a lot. There weren't a lot. Uh, there weren't a lot of romance authors. Pe- uh, there, there's a, a very huge uh, group of authors and also a huge group of readers for Tagalog romance for romance in the Filipino language, and it's a smaller group for for the people who write in English. So there, that's still like a and even even the communities are are different for that. So the way that the Tagalog romance writers get mm-hmm. treated also is a, another thing. But they they get they get similar they get similar um comments. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. Uh, and then and then we have variations of that. Also. Now
0: I know your books that I've seen uh, that I see access to are in English. Do you also write in Tagalog?
1: I don't. I don't. Unfortunately, uh, what I what I do is uh, I when I started participating on in the Wattpad online community, I realized that I thought there were a lot of readers there. So I thought I'd put some of my books there. And there are a lot of Filipinos on Wattpad. Wattpad's
0: very popular in the Philippines. But... Oh, I've heard about this. They had their own television show for a while, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's They still do. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a network that sort of. Picks Wattpad books that they'd serialize or or make a TV movie out of, like on a regular basis. Yeah, and but it's really popular. But all the popular stories are in the local language. It's in Filipino or Taglish. I mean, we call it Taglish because
0: it's, <laughs> it's a mix. <laughs> yeah, we have that in the states with with Spanish and English. It's Spanglish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's not
1: entirely because there's there's formal and academic Tagalog, which is. Still different from what these kids are writing that's really popular, so i when I went there and saw that that was popular and my books that were entirely in English weren't uh, being read as much, mm-hmm. what I did was I started writing uh, an a writing and publishing advice column in Taglish, so that's the only that's pretty much the only work of Tagalog. That I have and it's writing advice for these kids on Wattpad and of course that's my most popular
0: oh of course story on Wattpad. of course it is yeah and you know but- you could compile all that and sell it as a 99 cent ebook exactly <laughs> there is no stopping you so Very I bad. have another question I know from your website that the Manila International Book Fair is it just happened or is it still happening it just happened that it, it, uh, the last day was Sunday. So you're tired. That must yeah. be an exhausting experience. I think I just like
1: I woke up this morning like it's Friday. It ended on Sunday. I woke up this morning and I thought
0: I'm still tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not over it. <laughs> so yeah, you but... have a romance reading series where book scenes are acted out. Yes, yes. I want to know all about this because this is so interesting. I mean, we have a reading series called Lady Jane's Salon that is in a couple of cities, but it's mostly the authors reading a specific section or scene from their books. Yes. I have not seen romance Novels or portions of them acted out in a live reading. This is so cool! Really, I can't believe no one has ever done this. I mean, if they have, someone, I missed it entirely, and I, mean, I feel that someone bad.
1: has, someone has to have done this because, well, I mean, uh, so okay, let me tell you how that started. It's, it was, after, we, we started this almost a year ago, so September last year. Uh, what, what happened there is I, I do workshops also, uh, so that's the thing that I. Decided to start doing to so I could be more involved in publishing and writing mm-hmm. and earn from it was I I work with uh, I work with local institutions and offer workshops so so that time there was a workshop scheduled for September and I decided you know let's try to make things exciting for the people who are participating let's I I am going to hire a male actor and a female actor to come in on the last day of the workshop and read scenes from their stories to them. And I thought that was going to be a good, like, it was going to freak them out. <laughs> but but I thought that it would be a nice surprise for them. And then the workshop got cancelled, but I had already hired the actors. I didn't want to waste like a perfectly good chance to to have this happen. So what I did instead was I got a room in um, near where I live. There's this uh, like tutorial center, uh, like t- t- training training facility that's really nice, and I got one of the rooms there, and invited authors from my community. So I'm part of this community called #RomanceClass. It's a community of authors of Filipino romance in English, mm-hmm. and readers of those books too so I told them I have this thing that I'm going to invite you to um, it's going to be at this place it's on a Wednesday night it seems random but you but should just come. come yeah you should come It's <laughs> fun. something like that and then secretly with the two actors I chose four books uh, and and I chose books by people that I knew were going to be there so so I chose scenes I gave them to the actors, they rehearsed and then, and then we went to the room and they were like about 20 people were there and they started reading
0: and it was magic. (laughs) So you had actors come in and act out scenes for the, of the books, but you, of of the authors who were in the room, but you did not tell them that this was going to happen. I did not tell them. Oh my God, I would have lost my mind. (laughs) I would have cried and turned like nine shades of purple. That's amazing.
1: We have video of that happening to like three authors. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. So we kind of discovered something there and it was so helpful and educational for several uh for several reasons. Because first of all, when you're an author, uh, I didn't I usually don't like doing readings like in public of my own books. I oh, I it's always hard, feel right? It's difficult and especially like if you're an introverted author and you're writing a personality that doesn't match yours. It does it just it it always feels to me that I'm shortchanging the the listener when I perform my work. So so there's that level of at least I'm not reading my own stuff. And then there's another level of in rehearsal, the actors who had never encountered this text before, uh it was very telling which words they would trip uh they would trip up on. Uh because uh we, we have this thing that we try to call out each other on uh for example, like words that only writers use, but yeah, people yeah. don't use in real life. Yes. So we actually get we actually get to experience that when someone who has never read your book starts reading it aloud and cannot <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, What is this exactly, word? Who says this? Exactly. Like Romance Heroes, that's who says, heroes, this, this that's sounds who says like that. you. This this sounds like you because you read these books or you went to that school. So but your character did not. So anyway, so you, you kind of, you kind of get that. The other thing is, I al- I always have a guy and a girl reading because then because we uh, we also have a thing where do guys because all of the authors are female, mm-hmm. do guys sound like guys? <laughs>
0: this is the guy This must dialogue. be so incredibly illuminating for readers exactly. and, li- and listeners. <laughs> it's 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 it's
1: awesome because again, uh, the, this this does this guy sound like a guy when he's saying your words, like the guy dialogue? And so there's that level. And uh, the other level of appreciation that we suddenly have is because we're writing in English. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing here. Uh, when when I was first published, I made a decision to write entirely in English, or I mean 99% of right. my book is in English. Prior to that, the lit books being published that were kind of similar to mine, were not entirely in English because there was the impression that since we don't, since we speak in Taglish like comfortably with friends, mm-hmm. dialogue should reflect that. And right. the, the decision I made, even with my first book, was no. No. I no, this is something, this is a language I'm entirely comfortable speaking in. Um, yes, there are some untranslatable words and I do include those. Right. So, So that's fine. I think a reader can get the context or they can Google.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Google is your friend.
1: Exactly. The decision I made was I wanted readers to feel that this was a translation. So it's the way that we accept um, translated work. (laughs) Like we we know this is happening in another country where people are speaking a different language, but we read it in English and it's fine. Right. it's it's fine. We can we can imagine. I think readers. So I told myself that uh, yes, we can do this. We can imagine that readers. Uh, we can imagine that they're probably speaking some language, and it's being translated in the language that we understand. I hope. I mean, at least that was what I was going for. And in the beginning, that was I think when I was reading reviews for my early books, some people couldn't couldn't uh it was an adjustment for them that switch that that you're that you know the the author is filipino but you're reading dialogue that's entirely in english but the actors and the readings completely like obliterated any doubt for me because they they sounded fine (laughs) They they were they were delivering the dialogue and in english b- pretty much entirely in english and and it didn't sound like um it didn't sound inauthentic to me so but but it this is case to case and it's something that we that we kind of discover right. what we hear when we hear the actors perform and then they're and then they're good looking so <laughs>
0: the pictures that you show and the videos that you've posted, which I will, I will link to they They take yeah. this very seriously. Like they are into it. Yes. They're into it. Yes. They're, they're actually professional theater actors. So, so what do they think do of what they're reading? Living. What, what is, what is their reaction to these readings? Like, do they have opinions about the books they've read? Do they go out and buy them? What is, what is their reaction to reading this uh, this dialogue that isn't probably what they usually run into? Oh, the, that was that was uh, a very interesting part of the first session that we
1: did because we actually got to spend time with the actors and talk about it. We talked about the experience of doing this, and the actors shared uh, some interesting things. For example, they they enjoyed they enjoyed being able to play these roles because, um, for example, uh, I think what what they said was in theater or at least in acting the physical appearance is what matters first like in casting mm-hmm. so so if they don't physically match a role they will not get that role so they uh, so they said for example uh during that first time they read for they read from four books so one of the actors said um uh this was really interesting because if this were a play, I wouldn't have gotten these parts, he said. <laughs> <laughs> <I wouldn't> have... <laughs> this would not be me. Exactly. Like he, he says, I guess, just, and also because he had been, uh, his name is Gio. He had been acting in all like Tagalog performances, all Filipino performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there are people you cast who can speak a certain way. So they, So it kind of also gave him a boost because he realized that he could still like act in English. (laughs) And I didn't realize that that was a thing. I didn't realize that also because yeah, voice, uh, the way they speak matters, the way they look matters, but here we didn't need that. We just needed them to be able to say the words.
0: Right. Because I mean, for me as a reader, um, I have my own imagination of what things look like and what characters look like, and having, having a person who has to look exactly like what's described in the book doesn't even occur to me in terms of, of, of hearing the book. You just want to hear someone perform the words in a way that makes emotional sense.
1: Yes, and that's what happened the very first time that we did it. We, that's so cool. In in video, I mean, I, I remember seeing them, uh, but there's video evidence of it. They were not looking at the actors. Like that that first that first session, it was they were uh, they were there was a table, everyone was sitting around the table. The actors were off uh, on one corner. And many of the people who were there when when the performance was going on, they were looking down at the table. Yeah, they weren't.
0: They were listening. They, were, they weren't they, watching. They were
1: sitting. Yeah, they were just. It was like they were pretending that it was an audiobook that they were listening to. So I thought that was really interesting. Again, that that it didn't matter what they look like. And then of course because they're actors they started doing these little acting things. Suddenly you missed something if you yep. weren't looking at them. So <laughs> so now we look at them. <laughs> now we do. Now
0: yeah. you don't want to miss the uh the miss the expressions and the gestures.
1: Exactly. Oh and, and one thing in particular, like there was it was a scene. It was one of those um uh <laughs> it was one of those scenes where, you know, that sometimes happens in romance novels where, you know, it's raining and and uh, the main character and her love interest are like running in the rain and and their shirts get wet and the guy changes his shirt. <laughs> and, uh, it sometimes happens. So they were reading that scene and uh, and Gio lifted
0: his shirt. Oh, that must have gone over very well.
1: Yeah, he did. I mean, it was like a peak. Like he lifted it and then it fell back down again. Uh but like h- only half the room saw it <laughs> because because the rest of them were not looking at the actors and then later they were like, "Oh my god. I'm not doing that again." <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Not looking at the <laughs> actors again. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, that's how many? Funny. Excuse me. So, how many of these readings have you done so far? We've. This is like okay, that. I think like this is the fifth.
1: Fifth oh, time. Oh, that's
0: so great.
1: Yes. Yes. In in one year and. We've we've been uh, getting different actors uh, because because sometimes certain actors aren't available on the day that we need them to be there because they they are working actors. Right. Of so, course. So yeah. So so that's fascinating too because we get suddenly a different combination of, of voices of just general interpretations of right, the characters. Right. Of course. Yeah, and and that's fun. That's fun. Like, the the last one that we did at the book fair on Sunday, we had two new female performers that we've never had before. So And it looked like yeah. it was
0: a pretty crowded room, too.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: That's so great. It was. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think they realized why we like doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I find this so interesting and so unique. And I, it's, seriously, it's it's so cool (laughs) like i saw you tweeting about it and i was like wait they get up and they read the scenes like they act them out why is this not a thing we are doing this sounds amazing exactly (laughs) oh that's so cool and then you have a a book signing afterward
1: or a book sale Uh, afterward we sold well yeah we sold the books that were performed because again that's what we realized was happening um Sometimes it, these are most of these are indies. So in the Philippines, people mm-hmm. don't buy uh, if it's not in in the large bookstore chains. Pe- mm-hmm. Most people would not have heard of it. They uh, buying a book, an ebook on Amazon is not yet a as thing here. As common as it is here. Yes, exactly. So so even if the book's been out for years, if it was mainly on Amazon, they wouldn't have heard of it. So so. We've done this and we, over the like several times we've done this, we realized that most of the people in the room would not have read the book yet, but now they want to buy it. Like after yes. the scene,
0: you need to have copies.
1: Exactly. After the scene, they're looking for it. So that was a thing we learned um, as As these things go on. Um, we, they do want to read the book. And if they haven't read, if they haven't read the book yet, and if they have, suddenly they have
0: like their feelings their happy feelings yes
1: are. and you can think oh my gosh I
0: need to give a copy of this book to my friend right now
1: exactly exactly so we sold out uh most of the books that Yay! were performed sell
0: out yes <laughs> that's the best thing <laughs> that is the best selling out is the very best thing yes and what
1: what I love there is that these are books they that don't get I mean they they don't they don't get covered in the, we don't have we don't have Journals here that that review books
0: mm-hmm. th- that
1: people would normally. I mean, there there are uh, there are still newspapers that publish mm-hmm. book reviews. Yeah, but they're not going to probably... review
0: romance.
1: Yeah, and no. indie. I mean, that's no. it.
0: <laughs> what indie? <God>. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I was told that because uh, I was uh, that was explained to me because, for example, like getting a huge uh, getting that kind of huge exposure nationwide in this country means uh, it it would be a lost opportunity if it were an indie and copies weren't available in bookstores because as soon as people read this review, they want to go to the bookstore and buy the book. So so there's that thing where um, it's kind of, you know, chicken or egg that now you don't get reviewed because you're not in bookstores, but you're not in bookstores because you're not popular. And (laughs) yeah, so there's that. But this, uh, this, it's a sort of platform that we discovered uh, that people actually go in and they wanna experience something that they've never experienced before. And they and they end up wanting to buy the book and read it after. Yay!
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanna ask you about the romance market in the Philippines. What kind of books do readers really want? I mean, I know that there's there's some in English, there's some in Taglish, there's some in Tagalog. That, that the romance market seems to be growing because I know I follow you on Twitter and you're, you are engaging with more and more authors like every week. Yeah. What yeah. do readers, it's, huge. it's yeah. so good. I love this. What do readers look for in, in Philippine romances? Um okay. what, what subgenres are the I mean that's a very broad question. Let me try that again. I know, I know. I'm I'm trying to Like do, trying is to... it contemporary? Or are they also interested in like paranormal? Do historicals have a big market there? Like what are the different subgenres of romance that are are most popular that you've seen? Okay, I think the the most popular
1: that I've seen, at least I've seen in terms of okay, okay there's there's like a lot going on because yes, there there's there's a huge readership for, for Tagalog mm-hmm. romance, and sometimes these groups are like mutually exclusive and you'll have like, if, it, if you then diagram it, there's probably like a little sliver of overlap uh, <laughs> with, with these. But, but there's huge, a huge, huge Tagalog romance market. These are books that are released like, I think, 50 new titles a month. Holy there smokes! Is, Exactly, they're like half a dollar. Uh, the paperbacks like cost cost less, like a dollar or less. Wow. They're in they're in convenience stores. Their their authors are superstars. I mean, it's it's really it's a it's a huge huge market, and uh, they, when they have when they have gatherings, like they'll feel like it's hundreds thousands of people. It's easy, and then. <gasps> And then the new thing that came out that I became aware of was the Wattpad. Uh, they, they've been calling it Wattpad books, but it's not. I mean, they, it, it's authors who write romance who started out on Wattpad, I guess, is, the, is, is how to describe it, because they, they gained their following online before a publisher picked them up. And then eventually a publisher picks them up. Their book uh, that was serialized on Wattpad, is released as uh, either a book or a several volumes of something and then when they have gatherings, those are also like hundreds of people <laughs> and, and and it might be a different group entirely from the tagalog romance and then and then you'll have people like me i grew up reading reading english language books mm-hmm. uh and there's there there i mean there are lot of lots of reasons why People grow up reading different things, but my first language growing up was English. So, mm-hmm. so I grew up reading books in English, and that's an entirely different group of people, too. So you have uh, you have uh, YA authors, I think the new adult authors. I think one of the largest groups that I saw come in for romance was Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover uh, came here. For a came to to Manila for a book signing with Taryn Fisher and Christine Bray, and I think they cut off the signing line at nine hundred or something. Good grief! Exactly, like, and there were rules like only this much people, only three books, and she has a lot of books. So her, so her fans
0: were making really painful choices.
1: Exactly, exactly. They were like, or they were like getting their friends in line so so their friends would carry. Like and, and <laughs> the the other three books. <laughs> oh my gosh! Exactly, and it's it's uh I mean it it's that too. Uh, so I don't know if these are also people who would line up, who would attend a tagalog romance gathering, or would attend a WhatsApp author gathering. Some I I I try to visit these things, and I think it's mostly a different group altogether. So if you lump them all together, that's entirely, <laughs> that's like super huge. And then uh, uh, Tessa Dare. So you, you mentioned historical. Tessa Dare uh, came over uh, to Manila last year, I think. So I, I actually hosted her her book signing in, in the bookstore that hosted it. Oh, that's here. so cool. Yes. So I got to meet her. I got to. And that. Group. So this is this is a little different because the the bookstore that brought them in they usually bring in YA or new adult and and uh, they don't bring in a lot of like historical romance or mm-hmm. or adult we call it adult romance because um, just because YA is just so huge here so uh, they don't have a lot of adult romance and it was still like uh, it was it was the, the group there who came in for the signing for Tessa Dare was again, a totally different group <laughs> from the people who attend YA. And they had like, uh, they were set and they were lining up with 14, like a dozen books. So, Whoa. I, so again, it's like a totally different readership uh, altogether. And I can imagine. So you asked about paranormal. I mean, I can imagine what happens if, um, if, I think I think it's also huge. I, I, I don't actually remember being at a at a signing for for para, for a paranormal romance author. Mm-hmm. So I can't like tell you what, right. what the room felt like, but I've been I've been uh, in the room for like a Jenny Han signing, a Marie Lou signing. and it's just hundreds of people <laughs> and, and hearing about book sales, like fifty Shades of gray does really well here. <laughs> so people read, I, I mean, the, I, it's like, I'm just saying stuff, but it's people read a lot and they read and all sorts of, of
0: subgenres are, are being read. Yes. Wow. And it sounds like the, the readers who are there are really into the genre. They're, they are the, the most voracious readers. It feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my, my question that I always ask people, last question I always ask is, what are you reading that you want to tell people about? Oh, I just finished reading The Hating Game. Oh my goodness, what did you think? Yeah. I loved it. I Yay! loved it. I
1: it's it's like it just it just felt to me like movies like those movies that are but movies aren't like that anymore. Yes, like, it was
0: like a romantic comedy and they people yeah. aren't making them anymore much to my great sadness.
1: Yes, yes. It felt like it just that that banter. I miss that. I mean, I lo- I love I loved watching stuff like that. I love reading books like that. I still I I still go for that trope pretty much every time. But that one really felt like it felt very cinematic and
0: It was fun. It was fun.
1: It was really fun. I just finished it, like, last night.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. (laughs) Have you read um, Act Like It by... Yes! Did you like it? I loved it, too. Yes! Okay, I'm really glad. (laughs) I love that, too. Yes, yes. I think those books sort of go together. You're right. You're right, yeah. They're a good set.
1: Yes. I I like... uh, I mean... In in the Philippines, we call it. I mean, the, the, it's called something else. I think in, in romance, uh, in romance land. But uh, in the Philippines, we're, we're starting to call it uh, Sungit hero. Sungit is like <laughs> Sungit is like this um uh, a guy who's like he's not he's not rude, but he, he's just like it's it's just like an attitude he has. Like he it's like he's not friendly it's a guy who's
0: not friendly so, so there's like standoffish and and yeah and, and like a little cold
1: yeah yeah but see but but it, it it's kind of like so so we like doing that we like breaking down we i like personally i like breaking i like reading uh about sungit guys and and how and how they're broken down <laughs>
0: That's... Yeah, <laughs> it is yeah. really satisfying, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Are there any other books that you've read that you want to tell people about? I recently
1: read. Um... Wait, let me let me make sure I get that title right. It's and... by L- Lydia San Andres. Wait, the infamous Miss Rodriguez. It's a novella by Lydia San Andres. Um, it's it's historical, set in a. Uh, set set in the Caribbean in a uh, you can't see my face
0: and I'm like what 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 yeah (laughs) Uh, tell me more please
1: uh, yes uh okay so I started becoming more it's a decision I made I think the past two years to read because I I really felt uh I felt so it it just feels great to have to have people who don't live in my country or or are not Filipino reading about us, it just feels great. Uh-huh. So, uh, it just feels like like you exist, <laughs> and that and that people want to know who you are. So I kind of am trying to to for the past two years I've I've changed the way I read to to be more inclusive of stories that again I probably would never see in in bookstores or mm-hmm. or just just because I'm not aware of of uh I, I just wanna try new things. So uh Lydia San Andrés is an author that I that I picked up. Uh she she has a series that's set in I think it's sort of the Dominican Republic sort of uh Puerto Rico. Uh, it's it's similar. It's but it's but she's fictionalized like an island nation.
0: Oh Ciudad Real. Uh, Real. Yes, yes right. Ciudad that's... Real. Ciudad Real, yes.
1: <laughs> that series so uh, I recently read uh, a novella set in in that in that series in that universe it's uh, the infamous Mr. Rodriguez and I really enjoyed it and I think um, my country has a history of being under Spanish rule it's very similar and it's a lot of the things are similar and so I kind of recognize what she's doing here in terms of like what uh what what she's trying to show in in the way that she's writing this, and because that's that's a tough nut for us to crack here as Filipino authors writing historical romances mm-hmm. set in that time, because uh, just the idea of a happily ever after is <laughs> it's it's difficult to process. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot to it's a, there, there's so much going on and it's a lot for us to process. Uh, in that case, I mean, since I'm talking about that, I'd also like to recommend Under the Sugar Sun by Jennifer Hallock. She she is a she's based in the US. She's an American author. She writes historical romances uh set in the Philippines, but the time period she chose was the American colonial period, set in 1902. And I I feel I, it's a book that may make people uncomfortable because again, I mentioned it's 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 difficult for Filipinos to write about that period and have it be have like a romance uh just just the just the feel that romance books have it's difficult because it was it's a very traumatic time for many filipinos uh but i think she found a way she found a way to to discuss it but even then the hero is a filipino uh sugar plantation owner and Heroin is a an American school teacher because they did uh, Americans were the first public school teachers in this country so so it is plausible that 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 scenario would have happened uh, I think she she kind of found a way to to do historical romance in the Philippines but the way that it's done it's still it's and it doesn't it doesn't gloss over. I think that's mm-hmm. the the problem that a lot of us have is that if we try to write something like that, it, we might gloss over a lot of the difficult and ugly things mm-hmm. that that happened at the time and involving those characters, especially because it's a multicultural romance. But it doesn't, and you kind of still want happiness for them. So when I read it, I was like, okay, I'm glad someone did this. I'm glad someone did this, and. Uh, and yeah, so and found but, a happy ending for these
0: characters.
1: But see, I, 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 it is a happy ending in the book. Mm-hmm. But, but just as someone who knows the history, of and what happened what, afterward. Of what happened after, I was like, how? I, I, mean, it was still like bittersweet for me just reading it because mm-hmm. you kind of know, like, a few decades down, they're gonna lose everything. <laughs> gonna, oh Like goodness. war, like wars gonna happen, but. Even as I was reading it, I was telling myself, but this is like all historical romance books are like that. There's like they're like several years from the next war or yes. several years from from something horrible. Yes. That, if you that know happened. world history,
0: it's really hard to sustain the, the, the happy yeah. ending after the end of the book when you know what's coming.
1: And then I thought, Okay, it's okay. <laughs> like I could be happy for them. <laughs> I can be happy for them in this bubble and try not to think about like I think I'm just going to think that they they all made it out okay.
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> that in romance, they... I think in romance land, that is absolutely true.
1: I guess like for example, reading under the sugar sun, like what what really made it hurt for me, like that point where the where the hero. Like sacrifices something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens in every book. Mm-hmm. It like he he does something to prove himself. He either gives something up or or gets over himself. But just because of what I know of 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 that place in that time, it just really felt so bad. I just felt so bad for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and then I realized later, and then it gave me appreciation an appreciation of other of historical romance novels set in other places because. Yes, that is exactly what it's about. It's, it's it's that's exactly what every everyone all in in every time period in every in every country they are giving up something like in the greater context of history and things that it it is it matters. Yes, it matters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and reading about history that's outside of where most historicals are set matters.
1: Yes, yes. I, I'm I'm so glad that I'm doing this now, that I'm reading I'm reading books that that are just set in all these places and I'm glad that there's a community recommending recommending it to me. So I, I, I I'm very active in WOC and romance. So I, I pick up recommendations from them
0: and try to read as much as I can. And that is all for this week's episode. I want to thank Mina for hanging out with me. I am 12 hours off of the Philippines local time. So finding a time where we were both available and also awake was a little bit of a challenge. Plus the whole international dateline thing, which I struggle with. So I want to thank Mina for being flexible and accommodating and in helping me make this interview happen. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I will have links to everything we talked about, including some videos of her live readings for romance class, links to her work online and on Wattpad and to her website, plus the books and movies that we've mentioned as well in the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. You can also find it on our iTunes page at itunes.com DBSA. And I have compliments and they are so much fun. I cannot wait to do these. Are you ready? Here we go. All right. Lander more people than you could possibly count admire you and think you are the best part of their day especially when you wear that hat to Sherry P when anyone talks about you they smile so widely everyone else does too they don't even know why people who aren't even part of the conversation they are just suddenly happy that is how powerful you are and to Rachel A you are the human equivalent of a brand new box of cookies a stack of books and nothing on the schedule but reading time now if you're wondering what is happening you can have a look at our podcast patreon for certain pledge levels you are awarded a most excellent random silly but truly heartfelt compliment from yours truly you can take a look at patreon.com smartbitches to find out all the details all of your pledges and your support and the fact that you listen are hugely hugely helpful and i appreciate your word of mouth the reviews that you leave for the podcast those are so cool your support on Patreon, and that you're here every week hanging out with me. So thank you very much for that. Our podcast transcripts this month are being sponsored by Kensington. Yay! Thank you, Kensington. They are the publishers of When a Marquess Chooses a Bride by Ella Quinn, part of the new Zebra Shout imprint featuring rising stars of romance at an affordable price of four dollars and ninety nine cents. This large Regency family saga is infused with humor, lively characters, surprising adventures, and Eloquins' signature fast-paced plotting. Spicy, witty, and brimming with interesting history, When a Marquess Chooses a Bride reintroduces readers to the Worthingtons, a family who has seen their share of scandal and excitement, but nothing prepared them for this. When a Marquess Chooses a Bride is perfect for fans of Julia Quinn, Tessa Dare, and Mary Jo Putney and is available wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater This is Shed Life This is the band called Sketch Their album is Shed Life and this track is called Ike Bound You can find it at Amazon You can find it on iTunes or you can find it wherever you find your fine, fine music now, if you have comments or questions or ideas or suggestions, you can email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call the Google Voice line at one two zero one three seven one three two seven two. I love hearing from you guys because you're so cool. So whatever you are doing on behalf of Mina and myself and everyone here, including my cat, who is somehow taking up the entire sunbeam on the floor, it's really impressive. I wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend.